It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided we are? Let's find the peacemakers. Think everyone is mean and selfish? Let's talk to those who are helping us all be more loving and caring. Think our culture is going downhill? Let's meet those who are helping us flourish. And now your host, Jonathan Sanborn. And hello again. Thank you so much for tuning in to Counterculture. Yes, I'm your host, Jonathan Sanborn. I, I love being a part of something so exciting and just the chance to share the stories of really what God is doing um, around the world, uh, in our, across our state, in our city, um, with the goal of finding those people who are building up compassion, building up peace, and building up our culture, really highlighting this. So the point only isn't just to highlight. The point is really to ask you, the listener, what if that's if they can do that? What what is my role? What is my role in peacemaking? How can I be make this world a more compassionate place? And so that's the questions we always want to ask in our shows, and the goal that we all can grow, including myself, and in, in being more open hearted and and uh, intentional, and in, to make this world a more loving and peaceful place. And um, so I am just love what's been happening and the response I get to the show, and I get to get to talk to amazing people. So right now I get I have on the phone, I have Kevin Malone. Hi, Kevin. How you doing, Jonathan? I'm I'm fantastic. Uh, you know, Kevin served was the executive vice president and general manager for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He had a successful 17 year career across Major League Baseball, and uh, after that, he was in um, sports news radio, Fox Sports, and ESPN. And he's also been a, a producer of two different films, uh, like Dandelion Dust and Faith of Our Father. He's the president and co-founder of the United States Institute Against Human Trafficking, which is a ministry committed to ending the sex slavery of minors. And and Kevin's just an amazing guy, and I can't wait to hear from you, Kevin. So thank you again for calling in and being on the show. Thank you, Jonathan. I look forward to uh, jumping you with some of my questions. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to grill you. We're going to go places. So clearly Kevin's got done a lot of cool stuff, and I can't wait to find out. But before we get into the meat, we like to play this game called Fake News. And fake news is where some our guests share something that's true and that's not true, and then I try to guess which one is fake. And I'm pretty much a coin toss, so give it – but as far as we go. So, Kevin, why don't you share two things, and I'm going to try to guess which one is fake. Okay. Okay. Um the first thing is, uh, when I played college baseball, I hit three home runs in one game. Okay. That's question one. And Not an easy task? Question, no. But <laughs> okay. If you knew of my athletic abilities, you might say, oh, that makes sense. Okay. Or, <laughs> question two is, uh, I was uh, such a great athlete that I was uh, put into the University of Louisville which is in Kentucky, into the Athletic Hall of Fame there. Now, interesting, because so both of those are very plausible. I mean, you did you were a big dog in, in baseball, so either one of those is very plausible. But I'm going to say... Or, or neither is. Or neither is. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they put you behind, behind on, in management. Um, uh, I'm going to say that you did not hit three home runs, and that's fake news. That is CNN News. You're right. Oh wow! I can't believe it. So you—that means you ended up in the Louisville Hall of Fame. 
Yes, I'm in Louisville, University of Louisville Athletic Hall of Fame, and uh, it's quite an honor because there's some great athletes in there. And, yeah. Uh, uh, so Johnny Unitas and the yes. quarterback now for the Ravens uh, is in there. There's some other guys. So it's quite a group of uh, athletes, so I'm honored to be a part of it. That's <laughs> That is an incredible honor. So – you know, so you have a background in baseball, and so mm-hmm. just why don't you just give, give a quick overview of your your arc? You know, I, I, I introduced you, but just maybe a quick from baseball. Then you're in fight. Now you're fighting human trafficking. Tell me a right. little bit. Well, I uh, played minor league baseball. wasn't very good. Uh, couldn't hit, so I ended up getting <laughs> into scouting and player development, and rose up to the ranks to become general manager of the Montreal Expos, and then I went to be mm. the assistant GM with the Orioles. And then I came to L.A. and was out here three and a half years uh, as the assistant, uh, excuse me, as the executive vice president and general manager of, of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I got fired from that because in baseball and sports, you're hired to be fired. And yep. I, I kept that going. <laughs> uh, then I ended up actually uh, working for Dr. John MacArthur uh, and, and, and doing ministry with him at, at Grace Community Church and at the, you know, at the college uh the master's college. And then I ended up owning, opening up a Mercedes Benz dealership with that, with hall of famer, Eddie Murray. Oh yeah. Uh, and then God, God called me back into ministry. I went to Thailand with Francis Chan and uh, we were at a, in Chiang Mai up in the North. We met little boys and girls, four to six years old that had been bought and sold as sex slaves in Thailand. It mm. broke my heart, came back to America and started researching it, and God was calling me, uh, I believe, to to fight this fight. To God uh, wanted me to rescue kids from this darkness, to call them out of the darkness into His marvelous light. So, mm. been fighting uh, trafficking for uh, about eleven, twelve years now. Fantastic. Well, that 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 has to be just so eye opening when you just go see the, when you see children being used mm. in that way. Just so gut wrenching. Yeah. And that just changed your but, whole. Did you? What did you? I mean, did that? Like, Jonathan, the, the thing, the thing that I think is important for your listeners to know is that it's not just an international problem. Right. Uh, America, uh, American men are the number one consumers of paying to have sex with kids in in, in the world. So, wow. America leads leads that. So we have a real. Uh, it's an epidemic, pandemic problem mm. of men paying to rape kids in America. So. Uh, we open in the state of Florida. I have a, a, a boys' traffic safe home there. It's the only one in the country for boys that have been uh, sold as sex slaves. So uh, 30% of all children that are sold for sex in America, and there's over 100,000, are, are reported to be little boys. Ugh. So we have a huge problem, huge yes. problem in America. It is absolutely un- gut-wrenching to think that that, that those numbers are, are, pa- are just like painful. And we think of ourselves as the good guys, right? <laughs> yes, we <laughs> but, do. And you know, that's the, the challenge is, as I love your, the, the title of your show, we live in a culture now that wants to cancel you. So if you stand up for the things that you believe, things of God, mm-hmm. things that, that, that really make a difference in the world, right. you're attacked for that. Yes. So, uh, but you know, we... <laughs> Jesus says he never will leave us or forsake us, and with him all things are possible. So mm. I think we need to be bold in our faith, and uh, we see persecution all over the world, but it's arrived in America now for Christians are being persecuted. It's just starting in different ways. We've seen that with this COVID uh, situation, but uh, 
but we know who has the victory, and uh, we know who we are in Christ, so we just keep fighting this good fight of faith and trusting that the Lord will do what He can do, and we'll do what we can uh, as, as the hands and feet of Jesus. I love hearing that. That's exactly what we can, is to do what we can. And, and sometimes people don't know what to do, but you, you provide a way of people to get involved. How do, you, how do you want people to get involved? Well, I think they can go to our website. Intentionally, it's, it's, a, it's a well-built, well-informed website where you can go wherever you live in the United States or even anywhere in the world and learn what you can do in your own community. So we will train you. We will equip you. We call it our abolitionist movement. Abolitionist. We're raising up warriors to fight this fight. I have a staff of about 20 uh, that, and we, that's at the boys' home, and they're doing other work, working on other projects yes. to fight child sex trafficking. But we are trying to train, equip, and raise up warriors all over the United States mm-hmm. to fight this in their own communities because we need unity. We need people to come together uh, to fight, to protect our kids. The predators are growing in numbers, and we need to be protectors, and, and we need to fight against these predators. What's the name of your, of, of your website? Website? Well, it's the United States Institute Against Human Trafficking, but it's the first letter of each word, U-S-I-A-H-T dot org. U-S-I-A-H-T, United States Institute yes. Against Human Trafficking. Great. I just read, dot org. Yes, sir. Dot org. Yes. Fantastic. So yes. for, for more information, because I'd like to encourage our listeners to be practical and like respond to what they're hearing, not just feel but really well, to do i think that's what that's what faith is all about isn't it? yeah it's, it's don't don't talk about it show me show Live me that's out. right Let's be obedient do, do something so anyway, but uh so that would that would really be i think uh, for anybody that's interested in learning more about human trafficking child sex trafficking go to the website Fantastic. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Counterculture with Jonathan Sanborn. On the phone, we have Kevin Malone, who is um, an, uh, an advocate with the United States, uh, the founder and advocate for the United States Institute Against Human Trafficking, and we're having a great conversation. But there's something else that's really been amazing in your story, um, and it's called The Sean Miracle. So it's a film about you, your family. Tell me about that. Okay, it's a 20-minute docu-narrative which was made by a Hollywood, a young Hollywood director-producer, Brian Ivey, and it basically tells the story of my son, who was struggling with drugs while in college, uh, uh, overdosed, uh, was declared brain dead. Uh, we were told by the neurologist to pull the feeding tube uh. to starve him to death, uh, because if he ever woke up out of his coma, he would be in a vegetative state, uh. and he wouldn't want to live like that. So the doctors and neurologists, Jonathan, were giving us no hope but we responded to that by saying we know the God of hope. We know the God that we can turn to. We're going to pray. We're going to fast. We're going to ask men and women of God to seek God's uh, healing. And uh, after 60 days in, in, in three different hospitals, God brought Sean back to life. Oh, my out goodness. Of his coma and he's given him the second chance. And by the way, uh, Francis Chan is in the movie. And Dr. MacArthur and, uh, and Patricia, his wife, came to visit Sean in the last hospital where, where he came out of his coma in Inglewood, Colorado, at Craig Hospital. So, oh, my goodness. Uh, David Crowder came to, came to the hospital in Colorado. Uh, he didn't sing there, which I wish he would have, but he prayed over, wow. over Sean. And uh, it's just a God story, Jonathan. It's about the power of prayer. It's about the God of mercy. 
you know, God wants a relationship with all of us. He loves us, and, and we need to, to, to have that type of relationship. We need to ask uh, to repent and ask God for forgiveness and to follow His Son, Jesus. Mm. And, and, and he, he wants our hearts. He wants us, uh, He wants a relationship with us. But, uh, you know, we're caught up in, in this world right now, in America in particular. We're caught up into all these other things, political things, all these different kind of social things. But uh, for us to know our plan and purpose in life and to be the difference maker yes. that you talk about on your show, yes. we need to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So, you know, if just probing a little bit, you know, Sean is, you're, you're a Christian family. He's yes. a, a, probably going to church, and it looks like he was a valedictorian. Yes. So it seems like he had the right, upbringing and so what happened if you don't mind me sharing what just what happened i think you know i think we all know that no matter how christian like your family is that everyone has to have their own faith and i think sean was living in the faith of my wife and i his family and it wasn't his own faith so i think that partially too because of my identity in sports and the fact that i was a so-called quote-unquote sports celebrity in the Major League Baseball world. Right. I think he was searching for his own identity. He was yeah. trying to figure out, who am I? I'm not, I don't want to be Kevin, I mean, it's okay to be Kevin Malone's son, but I want to be Sean Malone. Mm-hmm. And what does mm-hmm. that mean? Mm-hmm. So in high school, he started, uh, you know, he was always into sports and, and academics, but he started to run with a different crowd. He started to, to hang out with the partying kids. Sure. And, he, and he, he had new friends, and we know the Bible says, uh, bad company corrupts good character, good morals. So, yes. You know, I think it's important, the culture we live in, the people we hang out with, the atmosphere and the, and, and the neighborhood and the community, that impacts who we are and who our kids are. So right. uh, I think, the, you know, and, and, and you're right. My wife was a great, she's a great mom, a mother, uh, a great mother, a great wife, and she was a Proverbs 31 lady. Our kids were in church. They were in Christian schools. Yeah. They were in uh, Christian camps. They were in Bible studies. They were in all that. But right. at some point, every one of us has to make a decision. Do we have this genuine, real faith in Jesus yes. as our Lord and Savior? So, uh, and then he was struggling with that, what that meant. Yes. And he's turned to drugs to try to fill that void in his life. Yes. And we both know, Jonathan, that void can only be filled uh, by God through a relationship with Jesus. So he was trying to fill it with drugs, alcohol, partying, fighting, and uh, it didn't work. Yeah. And uh, he over- overdosed, and praise God that he isn't still in the miracle business, and God gave him, a, a Sean and our family, a, a second chance. Wow. This is it's so crazy, encouraging. Crazy story. Yeah, that's what I'm... talk about, because it's a God story. It's just it, it is a God story. Sometimes. It is a God <laughs> story, and I, I think many, I mean, with my fellow parents and fr- friends who are parents... Can really beat themselves up as, as when they see their kids struggling because you can yes. you can only control so much, right? Yes. But then there's well, a. Well, I know as yeah. you do those the godly parents out there, they're doing everything possible for their kids, but they're not with their kids twenty four seven because their kids are, are at school, they're in sports, they're in right. different kind of clubs, they're doing different things, so they're influenced by the word. And we know that social media, although it has some great aspects. There's a lot of garbage and sure. darkness and evil that, that comes through through the Internet, through these social media, through Facebook, through all these types of TikTok and Instagram and all these things. There's a lot of darkness. There's a yeah. lot of 
you know, attacks on our kids. And I, it's hard. It, it's hard to be a parent, as everyone knows. Yeah. We pray, we pray, we protect our kids, we position them to have success, and we just hope that they make the right decisions along the way. And it's so that's such a great point. Uh, you you really pray, and you have to. There's a sense of resignation that they're God's children. We we have responsibility, yes. but at the end of the day, God has created. You know, God loves them more than we do, and Amen. allows allows these journeys to go through. Um, so, and I think too, uh, you. I think we know addiction is more prevalent even in Christian families and churches than we want than other people know. So. Well, Tell me about that. Think, Jonathan, and I don't think any families out there need to be ashamed or feel guilt. Yes. Part of, I see the challenge for the, for, for the church in, in America and Western civilization is let's don't shoot our wounded. Let's yes. gather around the families that are having struggles, that are going through various trials and tribulations. You know, not everybody is sitting in, in the pews, is, is living a perfect life with a perfect family. We all have Struggles, we're all broken by yes. sin. We, mm-hmm. all, we all are sinners and broken, and we need a Savior. But I think part of the problem, I think, with, with, with Christians in general is we're not genuine or truthful enough. We're, we're not transparent. Right. We have problems. Yep. We have struggles. And if we don't admit that, if we don't come, can't come to the church and come to our pastors and our Christian friends and ask for prayer and ask for help and ask for support, where do we go? Yeah. So, People right. don't want to talk about it because, I mean, we felt that we experienced that, you know, with Sean, that people would look at us and, oh, they must not be very good Christians. Yep. And, oh, they're not, the, they're not very good parents. Well, you don't know anything about us. Instead of, like, con- sitting in condem- condemnation, condemnation us yeah. judging us, why don't you come and pray with us? Why don't you come and ask how you can help us? Why yeah. don't you do something to help us instead of being critical? Yeah. So there's a critical spirit still in the church. Sure. Uh, and I think... You know, I think we, 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 we got a lot of work to do as believers, because as I see, as I travel the country, you know, I see non-believers saying, why do I want what you got? Because what you got don't look a lot different than what I got. <laughs> right, so, right. So anyway. And I think we want to be a good, we think we want to be a good witness to the world, but that it's becomes often the, not the reality of where we are in our heads and in our families and our homes. And so there's this pretending and oftentimes we print to end the most around other Christians, isn't it? Well, you know, yeah, John, you're nailing a very good point. A good witness doesn't mean you have everything always going, you know, your way. Yeah. A good witness is being transparent and being humble. I think one of the things I've seen from the greatest leaders I've met all around the world is when I see a sign of humility, when I see a man or mm-hmm. a woman of of humbleness, that's God works through humility. God yeah. works through genuine re, uh uh, of people that are transparent, that are open, and that doesn't mean we've got to, you know, fling all of our mud out there, but we can be open and transparent and try to help people that maybe are going through something similar, uh, yeah. a loved one with drug or alcohol addiction. What I'm finding around the country right now is is almost half the people that I run into of that are males, no matter what their ages, are struggling with pornography. Yep, we've yep. got a huge pornography issue. Yep, so. We need help. We need research. I'm not going to sit in judgment on a man that's struggling with that. Let me come around you, brother. Let me pray for you. Let me lead you to resources that can free you up from that bondage so that you can live a victorious life. Yes. That's what the Christian life is to me, Jonathan. Yes. Is helping and is loving God and serving others. Now, you, <coughs> excuse, excuse me, you make a great point about addiction. 
and, and different churches do it differently, but we rank sins. And so we, yeah. we there's a lot of shame related to something like pornography, mm-hmm. but but mm-hmm. you can also equally damage a family by working too much. And you in fact yes. if you if you say I'm a workaholic, you probably get a promotion, right? <laughs> yes, you do. Uh you know, but if and I but, struggle but, with that, Jonathan. I as you know, and I think the movie portrays that, is that I was a workaholic. I mm. had my priorities out of line. I put my job, my career in front of my wife and kids. And I think in some ways it, it had a negative impact on them. I'm not saying it's wrong to work hard. I think right. it's honoring to God. And, and when we work, we want to work as far as it being worshipped to God. But we want to work smart, and we don't want to overwork and neglect our wives and our kids. So we have to be intentional about setting time aside, especially if we have demanding jobs, that we can spend quality time with our wife mm. and our kids and not let our job and our career become a god in our life and become a priority over our wife and kids. Our kids need us. And I, I realized, Jonathan, that at one point that I was a failure as a husband and a father mm. because I thought being a successful father was putting a roof over their heads and putting food on the table right. and providing for all their needs. I didn't really understand what, I mean, and it was my fault that, that what they wanted was me, that they needed a spiritual leader. Mm. They needed a, a godly father right. and husband, and they needed me to to display that, to live that out. And I was too busy working, trying to build championship baseball teams. Yes. So uh, thank God that he gave me a second chance as a husband and a father. So Sean's story was like a wake-up call for you about your work. Was that right? Well, you know, that's it's interesting. God... I've seen God work in threes a lot. I had to go through a lot of different things because I'm kind of I'm kind of hard headed and not the smartest <laughs> there in the woods, Jonathan. So God had to squash me a couple of different times. You know, I, I got fired from the Dodgers, and, and 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 part of this was existing in Sean's life or the beginning of it. But uh, you know, I just I, I think that it was a wake up for me uh, when I got fired by the Dodgers. But we have a lot of wake-ups, depending on if we're walking in the Spirit of God and seeking to be in the presence of God. We hear or see those wake-up calls uh, when they happen. But sometimes if our head's down, if we're not looking up towards God, we'll miss these little red flags, these little wake-up calls. Mm. So, you know, I, there was a lot of signs along the way that I was getting off the path, uh, God's path at times. But, you know, I was so focused on at the time, baseball, and then after sure. baseball, even you can even get focused on ministry yes. and overwork in ministry and neglect yes. your family because you think being in ministry is 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 what you need. And so we just need, as men, we really just need to, to take a good look at uh, how we're living our lives and making sure our priorities in order and that we're balancing work, play, family. God, yes. and, and God's definitely at the top. Did, did you have like an honest brother in your life who could speak into your life and just say, hey, mm. call, did it, to call you? Did, or was, it, was that because you're working so much you didn't have that? No, I had that. It's interesting. I would have guys around the country, uh, one in particular. And there was more. One was really strong, but others that they would call and say, hey, how you doing? You know, you're struggling. You're doing this. You're doing that. Just trying to hold me accountable. So I do believe accountability brothers are extremely important but i got so busy sometimes that you know i knew that i could kind of push them off or or not uh, take their calls i mean it just depended on where i was and and what i was going through but i had brothers that would constantly try to reach me and 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 they were they were successful most of the time but there were times that 
I just didn't have time for them. Yeah. And I was too, too busy. Yeah. And, uh, again, that was, that was my problem. Well, God is, thank goodness he doesn't give up on us. Thank you for sharing your story. Mm-hmm. And so how can our listeners watch the film, The Sean Miracle? Okay. You can go to two places. It's on YouTube. You can go to seanmiracle.com, Sean Miracle, or seanmovie.com. Okay. And it's spelled S-H-A-W, and it's Sean, S-H-A-W, and seanmiracle.com or seanmovie.com. Sean Movie. And it's free online. It's in different languages. And, uh, and I just pray it will be a blessing. It will encourage believers, and it will challenge non-believers that uh, they need to know this Jesus because doing life with him is amazing. That is, uh, I can't, I, I'm looking forward, I, I'm looking forward to watching it myself, and also to learn more about uh, the fight against uh, human trafficking, look, uh, search for the United States Institute Against Human Trafficking. This has been a great conversation, Kevin. I appreciate you, brother, and I hope we get to Thank have you, coffee John. sometime. Yes, I'd love to. If I get over to Phoenix, uh, I'll, I'll let you know, but you, you get to Las Vegas, let me know, but God bless you. Keep God me in bl- your prayers and And I thank you for what you're doing, John. God bless you and your ministry. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Care Portal, helping local churches help children and families in crisis. Sign up you and your church today at careportal.org. This program was sponsored by Care Portal.